It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Powell back there, second down and six, and it's picked off. Intercepted on the play by T.J. McDonald, looking for a block, gets by Beecham, wants to feed, takes it to the 15. Powell gets a man. I'm on fire today. Nature boy. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Victory Monday, September the 17th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. Do not adjust your dial as the jet comes crashing down. Welcome back into this edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here, as always, to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, the Dolphins down the Jets 20-12 to on the road and take over MetLife Stadium. We'll have the five key plays for the game, the individual evaluations, and close things up with our one big thing. But first, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Give me a follow on Twitter at Wingful NFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins and check out LockedOnDolphins.com, the daily Dolphins blog that will have you guys covered from Sunday to Sunday every single week of the season and beyond. And of course, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On NFL podcast with Matt Williamson that I was on on Sunday night. And of course, the Locked On Heat podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. We have a game to get to, a win to get to. Let's go ahead and do that That's right now. Miami Dolphins. And kicking things off here, I think the first thing you want to start with on the podcast here is not to bury the lead and talk about the biggest story out of the day. And the story coming into this game was all about Jets quarterback Sam Darnold and his or rather everyone breaking out the anointing oil early on for Sam Darnold after a good performance in Detroit. Well, he comes crashing back down to earth at home in his debut at New York and MetLife Stadium in front of all those fans that left with their heads between their knees. And Darnold did not play very well through a couple of picks, took a lot of sacks. The Dolphins defense was all over him. And still, as we go into the media this week, the narrative is going to be about the New York Jets and what their quarterback looked like and how the AFC East is kind of out of whack right now. And the funny thing to me is the fact that you compare what Sam Darnold did in week one to what Ryan Tannehill did in week two. And there's this negative connotation around Tannehill's performance as if he somehow hindered the team from winning the game, held them back, and they only won because of the defense. But you look at the numbers, you look at the play on the film, the game that Tannehill had on Sunday was basically the same game that Darnold had in week one, yet here the Dolphins are, a back page team, and that's what brings us into the opening narrative here, the camaraderie surrounding this football team. You look at the picture that I have up on LockedOnDolphins.com for the key piece, the Sunday takeaway piece. It's Albert Wilson's touchdown and the entire Miami Dolphins offense posing together as a group, taking that picture. It's a phenomenal picture. If you haven't seen it, check out LockedOnDolphins.com to check that out. You have the post-game video of Ryan Tannehill coming up to Frank Gore and Jakeem Grant in the tunnel and telling Gore that he had a good game and good job. And Frank Gore says, let's keep proving these bitches wrong. And then Jakeem Grant comes up to Tannehill and asks him about his running skills. So since when have you been running like that? And Tannehill kind of smirks and says, shit, I've always been running like that. So these guys, 
there's a different feel to this team. There's a real camaraderie. They're professionals. They're grown men. You tell a team long enough that they're going to be crap. It's going to fuel them. Now, it's not going to work for a team that doesn't have any talent. But just like I've been telling you guys all year long by now, this team has the talent. So once again, the right 53 guys got the job done on Sunday. Nobody is confusing them for the best 53 in the NFL or any kind of deep January run. But this is a playoff team, and they continue to show it through the first two games of the season. And those people that do this for a living and proclaim this was a two or three win team, those people should honestly just lose their jobs. All right, key numbers from the game today. Dolphins win 20-12 to against the New York Jets. The yards per play, Dolphins actually lost by quite a bit in this department. 4.4 yards per play compared to the Jets' 5.7. Yards per carry, though, is where the Dolphins got them. 4.4 again, and the Jets averaged just 2.2 yards per carry. Penalties, Dolphins had just 2 for 10 yards. The Jets had 7 for 50. The Dolphins had 2 turnovers compared to the Jets' 3. And on third down, Miami was 6 for 13, a very respectable 46.2%. And the Jets converted just 3 for 10 a 30% mark there. And as we are going to do in the A block for the Sunday night, Monday morning shows here, we're going to talk about the five most important plays from the game that really changed the complexion of the football game, whether it was a positive or negative for the Dolphins. And since they won, we have five positive plays today. So in chronological order, the first play up, the TJ McDonald interception of Sam Darnold. He did a great job of baiting Darnold into that throw by running off the formation to the weak side of the formation and then coming back on a backside slant where Darnold thought he had cleared the safety. He did not. McDonald robs him, gets in there, and has a nice return. And that really changed the momentum of the game early on because it was 0-0. Dolphins offense wasn't doing anything anything and that got them right into scoring position so big time play there from TJ McDonald the next one was the Ryan Tannehill touchdown pass to AJ Derby while it was only second and one there was a lot of pressure on Tannehill in the pocket there he easily could have gone down taken another sack but he evaded the pressure stepped up made a strong throw and had great anticipation on that throw getting it out before Derby had even cleared the safety in the end zone so a great play there all around for the Dolphins' third touchdown of the day, giving them a 20 to nothing lead going into the break. And the third important play was the play going into the break. Right before the Jets were about to score and go into the end zone or even kick a field goal before the half, they tried to throw a ball over the middle of the field with no timeouts. Rashad Jones made a huge stick right at the goal line, and then Bobby McCain came in and cleaned it up. And that really kind of changed what the halftime speeches were going to be. Could have been 20 to 7, maybe 20 to 3. Instead, they go in 20 zip in a big lead for the Miami Dolphins. The fourth play is Xavier Howard's pick in the back of the end zone. Another chance for the Jets to steal momentum. Ryan Tannehill has a very weird and just outright bad play where he fumbles the football going backwards. Jets take it over, a chance to get back within a touchdown. But the very next play, Xavier Howard dominates Terrell Pryor at the top of that route, dictates the route at the top of the stem and gets in front and runs the route for him and picks the pass off in the back of the end zone and thwarts the Jets' threat instantly right there. Possession over, big time play. And the fifth one, it took a while to get to this point, but Frank Gore's catch on third and 19, scoops it off the turf. Ryan Tannehill's arm gets hit coming forward. The ball goes down towards his shoe tops. And because of a seven-man pressure, a seven-man blitz, there was nobody in the middle of the field to stop Frank Gore from picking up 19 yards and a first down to essentially ice the game before Tannehill picked up another first down with his legs. But nonetheless, that play pretty much put the game on rocks as they got into field goal range with that eight-point lead. All right, and we still have the individual evaluations to get to, a quick run-through of who played well and who did not, and we'll do that next on the podcast here. But first, we're going to pay a couple of bills. 
And one of the reasons I think you guys enjoy this podcast and what I do on Twitter as well as LockedOnDolphins.com is because of the accuracy of the predictions or overall perception I have of this football team. And one way I've been using that knowledge to my advantage is through MyBookie.ag. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is very easy to use. Remember, it's not who you're betting on. It's about who you bet through, and that's why I always tell people to go with MyBookie. They've been good to me, so that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie where you win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. And right now, you can take advantage of how slammed my bookie is with new bettors by earning an additional $25 free play. That's right. They want to give everyone the best service possible. So if you're willing to deposit your money after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they'll add an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code LOCKEDON to activate that offer. That's one word, locked on. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play money. And if you're willing to hold out until after 7 p.m., you can get that extra $25 free by using promo code LOCKEDON25. Again, that's LOCKEDON25 for the free $25. It's up to you guys, but I'd wait until after dinner and take the extra money. MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Hey, guys. It's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes – it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former SportsCenter anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. Second down, 119-yard line. Tannehill, 11 of 14, to the end zone. Touchdown. Well, he sure as hell didn't show much excitement on that play, but I really did as the Dolphins take that 20 to nothing lead into halftime, and it would be good enough to secure the victory on the day. Dolphins move to 2-0 with a win over the New York Jets in the Meadowlands, a big-time victory for our boys. Let's go ahead and get right into the offensive and defensive evaluations, and I think I should probably begin today with the defense because they were dominant. They took control of the game. They stopped the Jets' running game and did so much so well. And the first note I want to make is for Matt Burke and it's a couple of coaching notes. The first one is the use of the linebackers and Kiko Alonso specifically and what Raekwon McMillan has allowed him to do in regards to 
Alonzo's proper usage as kind of an outside linebacker defending the short side of the field where he doesn't have to get in there as a true Mike backer, stick his nose in there and take on a block because he cannot shed blocks to save his life. But when he plays in space and can free flow to the football, he's a very good linebacker and he showed that today. Two more forced fumbles to go along with the interception last week. He's having a heck of a start to the year so far. The negative with Alonzo and Burke though is he is still trotting him out there for those third and long defensive plays. The Dolphins give up a third and 15 in Alonzo's coverage area. He drops back to a spot, tries to find a receiver in his area. He never can. They always complete it and it just does not work out very well. That without the dime defense, as well as the linebackers covering running backs on those angle routes, got to get rid of all that. But nonetheless, Dolphins linebackers played a good game in this one. Defensive line was the real winner of the game for the Miami Dolphins. They controlled things up front and it started with Devon Godshaw. I had him for two tackles for loss. I wrote his name down on my notes six times. That does not happen for a defensive tackle when you're doing a broadcast rewatch. They just don't show up that often, but he was constantly beating James Carpenter as well as the Jet Center there, Spencer Long inside, and getting into the backfield and making plays, as was Akeem Spence, as was Jordan Phillips, as were the edge players and Robert Quinn, who consistently bends that edge both against the run and against the pass. He was a menace in this game all day long, continuing to do what he does best. Well worth the draft pick the Dolphins gave up to get him. And then you go back into the secondary. I talked about Xavier Howard's pick. There is this communication thing going on with the Dolphins defenders or defensive backs where the teams can run a dig route from the boundary side of the formation into their man free where you have a single high safety and man coverage underneath or cover three where you have three guys kind of defending the deep thirds of the field and they run these in-breaking routes. The Dolphins are nowhere near. It's easy completion, easy money. It happened this week twice. It happened last week once. Got to get that fixed. But nonetheless, Xavier Howard's pick was a big time play. He is locked down. He's all over the place. Bobby McCain had another good game in this one. He got out to the flat on a pass that he could have picked off, but Robbie Anderson broke it up before he could. And then you have Minka Fitzpatrick, who is just outright balling, making plays in the backfield, shedding blockers and shutting down a screenplay, allowing zero passing yardage in his area when they attack him man up down the football field and they took some shots at him today and he was having absolutely none of it just pristine coverage all the way around TJ McDonald we talked about his interception still a little shaky as a tackler and so was Rashad Jones outside of the one big play that he made at the goal line to stop the Jets touchdown but some bad tackling on the back end for the Dolphins in this one that has to get cleaned up Flip it over to the offensive side. Look, Ryan Tannehill, I talked about at the top of the show, wasn't his best game, but he does leave the game with a 123.1 passer rating. His passer rating on the year is 104.6, I believe it was. I'll have to check for you guys on that. But that would put him securely in the top 10 this year in passer rating. He's having a fine start to the year. The fumble was awkward and weird. He held on to the football too long, actually had two fumbles that were bad and on him. And it's strange that he played wide out for so long or for a couple of years at AM because the ball slips out of his hand really, really easily. Nonetheless, big time touchdown pass to AJ Derby, moving around in the pocket and navigating that dangerous pocket as well as anticipating that throw coming open. And of course, the big time zone read option that became part of the offense gives the defense another thing they have to look for in their game planning going into the game. And his ability to read that edge and keep the ball around that edge for 44 rushing yards, that's a big, big time factor in this offense. You'll recall his biggest stretch of his career was 2014 when he had five consecutive games with over 30 rushing yards 
yards. I think there was three straight games where he had a rush of over 30 yards, something like 35, 49, 48, 48, and 47 rushing yards for Tannehill in those games. Well, he goes for 44 today, more than the entire Jets football team, and that was the big part of the game that locked it up, especially on that last drive, two zone read runs for first downs. And it was the offensive line that really gave Tannehill and the offense problems. Josh Sitton's loss was felt in this one. Ted Larson was terrible. He and Jesse Davis both, for whatever reason, can't figure out how to pick up a stunt coming on the inside. Dan Kilgore got overpowered a few times. He flubbed that snap that was just crucial. The Dolphins were about to go in for another score and put that game away. A three-score lead in the fourth quarter with only probably 10 more yards to get into field goal range before he did that. But the good news is on the outside, these tackles are playing really well. Laramie Tunzel and Jawan James both getting after it. And Tunzel has come a long way since last year. I'm excited to see what comes of his third year and if he becomes that stalwart left tackle for the Dolphins. The running backs, I thought both unspectacular, but had clutch plays and big runs when they needed it or a big catch in the case of Frank Gore. As far as the receivers, they had a really tough time uncovering on the outside. We'll get a better look at that on the All-22 film on Wednesday's show as well as Tuesday on Twitter. But I thought I'll Robert Wilson's play after the catch was basically what you got from Jarvis Landry, but even more explosive. I thought Jakeem Grant had a couple opportunities. They need to get him the football more. Danny Amendola got popped, but got back into the game. He looked like he was struggling. And Kenny Stills was not really involved in this game at all. But nonetheless, the offense does enough. The Dolphins win. The special teams was phenomenal again. Matt Hawk was terrific kicking the football. Jason Sanders missed a PAT. Got to get that cleaned up. Coverage units, return units, it was all good. This team gets a big, big, big time win against the Jets and is now 2-0 heading back home to face the Oakland Raiders. And speaking of heading home to face the Raiders, you guys can be a part of the action and get to the game with vivid seats. Vivid Seats is your go-to place to get out to Hard Rock Stadium and support this upstart Miami Dolphins football team. Vivid Seats is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that will last you a lifetime. With Vivid Seats, listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person and help fans find their seats to any of their favorite live events, including sports, concerts, theater, whatever you can think of, Vivid Seats can get you there. Vivid Seats offers great prices and has an easy purchasing experience with the podcast code Locked On. Again, that's promo code Locked On. Listeners can receive $20 off orders of $200 or more. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Enter promo code Locked On to receive $20 off your order of $200 or more. All Vivid Seats confirmed orders are backed by a 100% guarantee. So don't watch the game from home. Get out to Hard Rock Stadium and root on your Miami Dolphins as they look to continue their undefeated season and do so with vivid seats. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Fake it. Here comes Tannehill. He'll slide. 
And he's got a first down to the 14 of New York. Eight-yard run. Earlier on this drive, a 14-yard run by the Miami quarterback. So those 22 yards worth of two runs from Ryan Tannehill puts the game on ice. And despite Kevin Harlan and Rich Gann's lack of enthusiasm, I'm here to bring it to you. God damn it. The Dolphins are 2-0. They have a divisional win on the road. The Patriots lost today. The Dolphins are in first place all alone in the AFC East with a winnable game in Week 3 coming up against the Oakland Raiders. And speaking of what's to come, we have a busy schedule for you guys here on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. As always, as you guys know, this is the Recap Takeaway podcast, the individual evaluations. Tomorrow's podcast will be all about the pro football focus grades, the key data from the game, all those advanced stats you guys love and know from this podcast. Wednesday, of course, the Film Room and Crossover podcast with Locked On Raiders host, Thursday, a combination of catching up on some of the oddities from the game on Sunday, as well as looking ahead to the Sunday game against the Oakland Raiders. And then Friday, as always, the total preview covering all things Dolphins versus Raiders, the film study, the key matchups, everything you guys want to know. Before we get out of here for the podcast tonight, we've got to tell you about one big thing. One big thing. And the one big thing from this game, the takeaway from the Miami Dolphins 20-12 victory over the New York Jets was the ability to win and close out close games. You'll recall going back to 2016 and bleeding into 2017, the Dolphins had a 1.1, 12 consecutive one-score football games. And you might say this is a bit of a luck thing, something that will revert back to the mean come the next season or the following season. I believe that's the case for the most part, but there is a learned quality about learning how to win football games, how to manage victories and get yourself to the winner's circle when you have an opportunity. And although I didn't love the kind of passive style of football in that second half, despite the fact they took a shot down the field to Albert Wilson, I thought that they knew what they had in their hand. They had a 20-point lead at halftime. They had a defense that was playing light out, lights out. They had a running game that was going good and an efficient quarterback with a 70% completion percentage in back-to-back games. They knew that if they just used the clock to their advantage, forced Sam Darnold to make enough plays down the field, that they would have a win wrapped up as long as those things didn't happen. They went into that game with that plan. They went into the halftime with that mindset. They closed it out. They made it close on us. They gave us a bit of a heart attack but it is a learned skill. This team makes plays in the clutch moments. That six-minute drive where the Dolphins closed out the New York Jets to end the game, put the bow on it, didn't even have to bring the defense back onto the field. They got to just enjoy and celebrate in the victory as Ryan Tannehill approached the line of scrimmage for the victory formation as the Dolphins get this victory and... It just seems to me like this team under Adam Gaze has the makeup to win these tight games. They have learned this trait. It's a learned skill to close out games, to win games in the National Football League, and this team can do it. But as for this podcast tonight, guys, that is going to be my time. We'll play you out with a victory song here and ask you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On NFL podcast and Locked On Heat podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Give me a follow on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. Keep up to date on our Daily Dolphins blog at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your Victory Monday. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.